You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Now, the Go Wild app has added some really cool and exciting functionality to their app. And the first one I want to talk about is the Near Me function. And basically what this does, it allows you to engage and connect with people in your area. You guys can talk about gear. You guys can talk about hunting areas. You guys can talk about what's going on in the woods. And it just allows the users to be more of a community and connect easier. The second part is the gearbox. And what the gearbox is, it is a an opportunity for the users to not only see reviews on products and see what the go wild community is using in the field what products they're using but it also allows you guys to purchase up to 150,000 products there's you, there's a shopping function on it so Check out the Go Wild app. If you haven't downloaded it to your phone yet, you need to, and you can do that at any app store that is currently available. Go Wild. It's an awesome app. Check them out. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking with Matt Garris from Out on a Limb. Now, if you haven't heard of this company before, they started off trying to make tree stands, right? They didn't really sell. They didn't really gain traction like uh, the owner thought that they would. Then they kind of broke into a couple other products, and then they started making uh, a platform right? He took it to the ATA show and he got a lot of negative feedback from it. But then he went back to the drawing board. He made a different platform for the saddle hunting crew. And as we all know, saddle hunting is huge right now and it stuck and it really took off. He said he can't keep them on the shelves. And that is what we're going to talk about today, along with some of his other products that he's introduced and where the company's going. We talk about company history. We talk about material we talk about the design, we talk about uh, the future of the company, and just the whole crazy story that led him to getting a gold award for his new climbing sticks at the, the latest ATA show that we had back in January. So, uh, really awesome episode. Hopefully you guys enjoy. So sit back, relax, and uh, here we go. In three, two, one. All right, on the show with me now, Mr. Matt Garris from Out on a Limb. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, and you? Oh, can't complain, man. Every day is just one day closer to hunting season, and uh, that makes me happy. You ain't lying. 
<laughs> so, you know, I've heard through social, some of the uh, forums, all that stuff about out on a limb, and uh, definitely wanted to get you guys on to talk a little bit about uh, your products, your product line, the company history, and and I was walking around the ATA show this past year and, and noticed that uh, uh, your company won an award, and, and we're going to get into that as well, but before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, why don't you tell us what your role is at out on a limb and talk to me about your, your daily routine. Well, uh, I'm the owner of out on limb manufacturing. We're in Enid, Oklahoma. Uh, I always fished and hunted all my life. Uh, back in 2002, I started a company called trailer tower, which was an ATV trailer that directed into a, uh, enclosed tower blind as a one man deal, all electric. And it was, Probably I'm going to say 15 years ahead of its time because we just we sold maybe 25 of them and just kind of phased out. And then uh, how we started out on a limb, I, I leased a property in Ringwood, Oklahoma. And I don't know if you're familiar with Oklahoma, but we don't have a straight tree. Yeah. You can hunt a telephone pole if you like. <laughs> that's, that's about as straight as it gets. Or, you know, we got a lot of cedar trees, but they're never in the ideal location. Always 90 yards you know, from where you wanted to be. Right. So, uh, I designed a stand and patented it. Uh, it's our TS one and it's a stand designed to go on basically any angle. It'll go forward angle, rearward angle, left, right. And it gives you about 30 degrees left to right, 10 degrees front to back. So it's very, I mean, you can set it on a more than 30 degrees, it's 90 degrees side to side. You can set it on a horizontal limb without a problem. Uh, from there, we did a ladder stand, which it's 10 degrees by 30 degrees, basically putting a ladder stand where you'd put a lock on. But we're such a small company, we started going to trade shows six years ago, started out at the ATA six years ago. And uh, I talked to TMA and told them what I had, and they said, well, we, we won't support something you're putting people in an unsafe position. I said, well, actually, I'm not. I'm, people put themselves in an unsafe position. I'm just giving them a better way to do it. Yeah. Uh, so it was John Lauk from TMA, the, the founder. So I asked, I asked him if he would, I told him I had a booth at ATA and mind if he'd come by and take a look at it. Well, he came by and looked at it and he said, man, you really got something here. So we went through all the TMA testing, uh, meet all the TMA standards on our TS1. And that's kind of where we, where we began out on land. That's what the name was all about. Okay. So it was that one tree stand that you manufactured that kind of started the company. Yes. Okay. All right. So talk to us a little bit about that journey into the, you know, where did, where did the idea for the TS1 come from? How many prototypes did you go through to get it right? That whole story. Okay. Where it came from, I leased that property in Ringwood, not a straight tree. So we got a ground blind out and we're hundred percent archery hunters and that wasn't working for me. Uh, this was on a Sunday afternoon. So I told the kid that was with me, so I'm going to build a stand where we can get in these crooked trees. So by Wednesday, I had the first working prototype. I've got a big oak tree here in the yard. We put it in there or not a oak tree, a cottonwood, put it in there and it worked really good. Uh, we actually made, I think two prototypes before I got the first base model. Had it all drawn up AutoCAD from my nephew. Uh, the seat was our only thing that I was not 
real good with. So we, we've designed us a mesh sheet seat. And that's when I contacted uh, TMA and uh, went and had all the testing done. But that's, that's pretty much where that came from. And from there we went to, I've got a patent on a ladder stand that does basically the same thing, just not as severe. Put the ladder stand where a lock-on would normally go. Okay. So you you kind of had this idea and you just brought it to life, right? This TS1. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just I always built my own tree stands. On, I mean, I'm 53 years old and been hunting the majority of my life. So, yeah. So grew up poor, so we had to build stuff. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, so <laughs> let me talk to you a little bit about about the TS1 and the functionality of it because I'm looking at a picture of it online uh, on your website, okay. and it looks to I'm I'm just saying first impression, right? I haven't ever had the opportunity to uh, fiddle with your tree stand or take a look at it in depth, but. Um, I, I, I can already read your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking at it right now. And I, my first question is how complicated is this thing to, cause it technically it's a hang on, but how complicated is it to get it in the tree and hung up ready for hunting? It's, I can hang one in less than five minutes. Personally, uh, there are two piece design. The bracket hangs first. That's what makes it easy. Then you hoist the stand up. And the biggest thing that hurt our sales, people buy with their eyes and you look at it and you're thinking, my God, I got to carry this into the woods. Yeah. But it, it's all 60, 61 aluminum. So it's, it's not nearly as heavy as it looks. The bracket is nine pounds, which is as light as the light tree stands nowadays. And then the platform was 17 platform and seat assembly. So carrying it in two, carrying it together, it was, I mean, I had backpack straps on it. It wasn't bad. Of course, I was a lot younger then too, but, uh, <laughs> It, it, it's very easy to hang. I mean, I've got women that hang them all the time. Okay. So how does it, how does it work? Kind of, I know we can point pe- uh, people to videos and, and stuff. I'm sure that you guys have, but why don't you just kind of walk us through how you set this tree stand up? Okay. For safety reasons, it comes with two J hooks. There's a hole in each end of the bracket. So we, especially on a horizontal limb or a, a severe leaning limb, we'll put the, the J hooks in, hang the bracket. That way you got your hands free. And then it's hooked on with two 3,500 tensile strength ratchet straps. And then you rotate the plate. It's got two screws. We No tools required to set it up in a tree. That's one thing that I had against a lot of stands is you got to take tools in the woods with you and you end up dropping them. It just doesn't work. So everything's done by hand. You level the, the plate left to right. Then you hoist the stand up and it's got a quick connect got a latching system you snap it in place so there again you got your hands free to level it it'll level every three sixteenths of an inch up up and down or front to back uh, and it just as simply as a pin with a clip on it and then we do have a third ratchet strap that we just for safety that goes on the mechanism take any slack out of it because you don't use tools we don't really have anything super tight when you make it hand tight it there's no noise to it, but that just gives me a peace of mind. Yeah. And then sit down in and hunt. Okay. So what's the learning curve? I mean, you, you just said that you could uh, set one up in about five minutes. You know, you hand it to me with the instructions that are in the box or whenever I get it. How long is it going to take me or uh, or someone brand new with your product to start feeling would, comfortable with it? 
I would think you'd set your first one up in less than 10 minutes. Okay. If you're on a, a vertical limb, you really don't need the hooks. I recommend them just for safety. But, I mean, personally, I even have some of my stands in horizontal limbs without hooks. It's just a safety device. So it really takes you longer. I usually try to carry a cordless drill and pre-drill those holes because they're three-eighths lag bolts. So they're pretty healthy to get in. It really helps to, you know, to pre-drill a hole. They're not really intended to be a run-and-gun type of stand like we're doing now. Okay. Yeah, that was going to be my uh, my next question is it is this mobile. Um, and it does it break down quite a bit or is – so there's two parts. The part that goes on the tree and then the stand sets in it, right? Correct. Okay. And everything else, when you when you receive it, all the bolts are in it. You basically take it out of the box and go to the woods. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so that was the, the baby of the company. What was the next product in your guys's, uh, lineup that, uh, led to, I guess your next skew. Okay. From there, we had a tough time selling those cause they're, they're expensive. They're $389. Uh, back then they were $399 and we knocked $10 off of them just to make it sound better. We really just lost money is all. And uh, we didn't sell, I think I sold less than 20 stands the first year, and my insurance was $17,000 a year. So <laughs> it cost me $1,000 a stand to sell a stand the first year I was in business. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, before we go on to that, very, before we go on to that new product then, what what was the turning point then where the stand, you know, because if, if, you're, if you're losing $1,000 per stand uh that's not a very good business model so what no what led to the success of that product to say well hey i'm going to continue manufacturing it because it's now making me money well actually yeah actually we qu- we quit making it up until we're going to put it back in production this year oh okay that, uh, made right now because we I, I sold i'm gonna guess un- just under 200 stands in three years so it, it was not proper. It was a hobby for me, really. Uh, I own a sandblasting company, and that pretty much funded this deal. And I knew it would take five years to to make a company, where that's rule of thumb, as I was always told. Well, that fifth year was the year saddle hunting began, or would we got involved in it. And honestly, I was ready to throw in the towel that year. I built, well, let's go back to, I guess, from the TS1, we went to the Little Ambush, because it TS1 was so hard to sell, we needed a, just a standard lock-on, so we wanted a, something small. Uh, the TS1 weighed 8 pounds, or the TS1, the Little Ambush weighed 8 pounds. So that gave us two different realms of people we could work with. Still, we just weren't a big enough company to compete with the big box stores. I mean, we, they're all hand-built, so they were expensive. Yeah. Uh, and then came... Went to ATA the fifth year, and that's when I introduced our first saddle platform, which I literally built two days before we left for ATA. Because I, I just wanted something new, and I was ready to quit. You know, it, it just it was it wasn't successful for us. Yeah. So uh, so you you built the little ambush. It didn't really take off like you had hoped that it would, and then kind of a not necessarily a last ditch effort, but just to, it almost sounds like you built that the podium 
that's the that's the one you brought to ATA, right? The podium and well, I, actually, it was the predecessor to the podium. We never built them. It's it's been dubbed as the Beaver Tail. And that particular stand that I took the ATA, I sold to Garrett Benner, the modern assassin, because he really loved it. Yeah. Everyone else got a bad rap at ATA, I think, uh, or a bad rapport, because Tethered had just came out. And they had the hot stand, uh, and we were we were just a nobody, you know. But I took probably had two dozen or so saddle hunters come through our booth at ATA. And they all had something negative to say about it. So I just took notes of all, mental notes of all that stuff. That's when we came home, built the podium, introduced it, and it just it just flew off the shelf. Okay, so it's one of those things where you you built this this idea, the the podium, and you're just like, here's what I'm capable of, right? you had a lot of people come up to you and start talking about uh, what they would change or what they did not like about it. And that gave you some more ideas to go back and redesign something and start the, the new one, right? Is that the Ridge runner? Uh, yeah. The Ridge runner came after the podium, the podium. Yeah. So, but that was the, was that a redesign of the podium or did, did that lead you to build the Ridge runner? Well, the, the biggest complaint that anyone had with the podium was it was old school, the expanded metal, which back in the day were out of, all out of steel, pop, creaked. Well, aluminum doesn't do that, but I couldn't convince people of that by with their eyes. So that's when, well, it's, it's really hard to explain because I built the perch for Wild Edge before the Ridge Runner. Okay. Uh I just was watching an Instagram one day and saw a plywood platform on one of their steps. So I thought, well, I'm going to, I just put a, a little quick post out for you wild edge guys. I'm going to work on something this weekend. Well, the owner, Andrew Walter sends me a message through Instagram and said, Hey, I heard you're doing something with a product. I'd, I'd like to be kind of interested. I said, well, I'm going to build a, a platform to fit your step. And he just laughed at me. He said, I got a whole bunch of prototypes. You want me to send them to you? I said, well, I got a pretty good idea what a, what I have in mind, I said, this was on Thursday. I said, give me Saturday and uh, I'll send you a video. So I came to work Saturday morning, designed up the first rough cut of the perch, sent him a powder coat, sent him a video, and he liked to fell over. He said, we, we got to talk. <laughs> so we met at uh, uh, Birmingham that, you know, Iowa that year at a trade show. That's when we started our partnership. But from that, everyone liked it, so that's when I built the Ridge Runner, that style of bar stock with the with the heavy tread. Yeah, yeah. And it's Ridge it, Runner's probably our best seller. Yeah, I I don't understand why people are so caught up in the way a product looks because, um, I I look at the podium and I don't see I personally don't see anything wrong with it, but if a product was pink, if it was uh, had flashing lights on it, but somehow it made me killing a deer easier or harvesting an animal easier or more, you know, more efficient, man, I'd be all over it. I, I wouldn't care what it looked like. Yeah. It's dealing with the public is well, it's, it's been ugly for me for a long time. And it's, it's all because of the way your that your, pro, your past products had looked. Look, yeah. Cause I, 
I come from an oil field background, so I build heavy. Yeah. Where it looks heavy, but with aluminum, it's not. You know, but when you got painted aluminum, it looks like steel. Yeah. And you, I got really good at reading lips when people walk by your booth. <laughs> Man, look at that tank. Or something like that, you know. And I said, well, this just isn't going to work. And that's when, uh, two years ago, going to ATA, uh, we didn't know we didn't have a new product. We'd been there. We lost money every year. And Chase Stalker is my office manager, my right hand man basically. And we both said saddle hunting at the same time. We're we're looking for a new product. He said, "What can we do?" I said, "I'll build a platform. That's the easiest thing for me to do, you know." And that that's kind of where that all started. Okay. So then the the combination with Wild Edge and the the ridge runner out of that then has started to get you guys a little bit of notoriety within the industry a little bit of traction a little bit of traction okay so you're starting to get traction um did people like the ridge runner you know a lot more you mentioned that it's already you know it's flying off the shelf but what about it made it so desirable i think it's the look the ruggedness but it's light yeah. Uh, they really like the, the traction on it. And I, also, I owe a lot of credit to the Southern Outdoorsmen. Uh, they were following us pretty hard at that, at that time. In fact, uh, Jacob was one of, the, one of the guys that came to ATA, and he actually called me after when that, when that deal wasn't a, was a flop. I said, I'll just build another one. I'll send it to you guys, see what you think. That's what I'd done on the very first podium. I built it, sent it to him, and let him test it. Well, they ended up breaking it. As a matter of fact, uh, but it was—I mean, it was a—it was a prototype, and it, it wasn't really meant to get abused and things. And Jake's a pretty big kid anyway. But uh, they really liked the, the way it felt and everything. I said, "Well, I can—that's the easy part: fixing it. You know, beefing it up." Yeah. Because we were going for the lightest possible, you know, at that time. Yeah. So after the Ridge Runner starts to gain some traction, I mean, did did you guys now start making a profit? I mean, or was it just like, okay, we have something going now. We have a little bit of momentum now. We need to come out with another product. Exactly. It, it really wasn't that we we'd made any profit. We spent so much money at trade shows that we really never paid for a show the first five years. Yeah. It was just, it just, like I said, it was a hobby. Yeah. But uh, I knew climbing sticks was going to be, well, the, the climbing stick I had in mind was nothing like it. I was going to call it a switchblade. And uh, I was on my way to vacation, I guess it would be a little over, maybe two years ago. I don't even remember now. Maybe a year ago. Yeah, it would have been a year ago, July. And uh, Jacob actually called me hey there's this new carbon stick coming out and carbon doesn't interest me at all uh he said yeah someone else coming out with three-quarter tube well that's when my light bulb went off because i just finished making the reach camera arm we got so many products it's hard to talk about you know i keep jumping back and forth but yeah. the reach camera arm was built out of half inch bar stock aluminum bar stock and i knew it was 32 inches long and weighed less than a pound so that got me thinking, a 20-inch stick out of this bar stock, I could be around a pound 
with the steps and everything, standoffs. So the first ones I'm, the first sticks I made personally for myself were made out of half inch bar stock. They weighed 1.2 pounds, uh, which I think is one pound, three ounces, but I'm 200 pounds. I worked them all season and they had a bow in them. So we went up, we went up, upsized everything. We still kept it at a pound and a half. Uh, heard ATA was doing a competition type thing on new products. So I called them. They said, well, uh, it's got to be a new release. I said, well, I'll, I'll hold on to it till then because hell, it was November or so. So I only had two months. So I just kept it under my hat. Uh, we entered it in the, in the, in the uh, showcase at ATA and I was just really blown away when the lady came over. Yeah, I think it was Thursday night, the opening day. I thought that I thought they would be judged Friday when the show started. Uh, but Thursday was no public. It was, just, it was just all dealers. And that's, I guess that's who did the judging. And she came over there Thursday night and said, introduce yourself. She said, I just want to let you know you won gold. And I kind of dumbfounded me. I said, excuse me? You said you won gold. And I said, you know what? She said, you're Climbing Sticks won, won our gold award for best new product. I said, you're kidding me. She said, no. I said, well, hell, that's what we came here for. You know, <laughs> I was I was on such a high that day. I, I don't even remember the rest of the day, to be honest with you. We went out to eat. It's really funny. I can't remember the name of the restaurant we was eating at. But we were sitting in there eating the restaurant, a bunch of us, because we was kind of celebrating. And I look on the wall, and there's this Tweety Bird uh license tag and it had Tweety Bird swinging in a swing and it said swinger on it but on the top of it, it said out on a limb I said hell that's a sign right there and we just we just took off from there so that is where you got your name from was a Tweety Bird license plate no this was an ATA show this year I just was a sign it just happened I looked up and there it said out on a limb you know, oh okay we'd already had the <laughs> okay <six years>. okay <laughs> it was just a I don't know what you call it. Uh, right, I guess. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. All right, so what? let's talk about these sticks a little bit because what what do you think was the reason these sticks won gold at ATA? They were probably – they're not the only folding stick by any means, but they, they packed up so small. Uh, we had a little bit of challenge of getting the – the stacking and stuff. There's so many ways you can stack these sticks. It just, every time we turned around, we had a new, new method. So that really gave them a whole lot of versatility. Plus from the time we uh, started introducing them, just teasers to social media, we added customizable links, uh, added, you can have a, a single step or a double step. So they were just, so versatile that they appealed to anybody. Yeah, I guess you'd say. Yeah. So, so there's there's a, a hint of customize customizability. I think is what you would say right. uh, to to this stick right. and the fact that it packs down so tight. Right, and then we also added a platform to the top. You could replace the top step with a platform, which is the scout. Oh, yep. Yep. I see that. Okay. So then how much does four sticks weigh? 
six pounds. Six pounds. Okay, man, that's crazy. Four seventeens. Four seventeens. Four seventeen inches weigh six pounds. Yeah. Okay, and how yeah, many? They're, they're, uh, go ahead. How many different varieties of sticks do you currently have? We have seventeen inch, twenty inch, twenty two inch, and then we have minis, which are like nine to ten inches long. Okay. And they're just a single step. They're they're basically a vehicle for an eater all they are i got gotcha. you all right now what is the uh what's the material that these sticks are made out of they're all 6061 t6 aluminum uh five eighths bar stock is what we use and then the the steps are made out of three eighths 6061 plate and the standoffs are happening 6061 plate okay and that's all aluminum all aluminum, all aluminum. The only steel in them are the bolts we use grade eight fasteners our knobs are aluminum uh, the, the top hat bushings for the attachment are aluminum. So we've got three steel bolts in it, and that's basically it. Okay. So the look obviously is there now with the sticks and with the platform. Are you thinking in any way, shape, or form of taking a redesign back to your tree stands to try to make them look a little bit better because the the product is made out of aluminum your sticks and your your platform is but now are you going to go back and try to i mean what, what i see is the everything's made out of aluminum all of a sudden people are all over you guys like oh man that's awesome that's awesome well it's the same material so are you going to go back right. and try to redesign your tree stands for a better look to get those to get some traction I don't. I think we'll leave them because they're the way they're built. They're lighter. The expanded metal and tubing is lighter than the bar stock. Like the podium weighs three pounds, the Ridge Runner weighs three and a half. But it's so much more appealing that they they'll sacrifice that half pound for the for the grip and the look. To so on the tree stand, it's so it's already heavy because of what it is. Not super heavy, but it's definitely not a packer. Yeah. But we we do have. Uh, we're working on some designs for run and gun stands. I've got a t- couple different designs in mind and we got it. We got three or four more products. that's going to come out this year. We just released the Ridge runner XL, uh, Saturday, I think. Saturday, yeah. How did that, how'd that Which take is, off for you guys? Well, there's so much new stuff hitting the market today. You know, you got trophy line, uh, Tethered's introducing their bigger platform. So we're kind of probably on the behind side because they got a lot more marketing than we got. I yeah. do Facebook Live and that's it. Yeah. So let me uh, let me ask you this then. Where do you see your company going with its next product? I mean, you mentioned a running gun tree stand. I, I know you guys have a camera arm that I want to talk, uh, talk about in a little bit. But where do you see your guys, you know, yourself going to – maintain the business that you already have well i think we're just going to do fine because we've got such a variety of products i i probably have a total of 25 products that we sell a lot of them's not online just because frankly we don't have time to do much anymore I mean, we're seven days a week building product and we're still three weeks behind so you're saying that you do a lot of customizable stuff too one-offs oh yes i I've taken a, I've had people just send me like a lone wolf uh, custom gear ambush platform and they just sent me the platform only and said they wanted my bracket system on it. So we've, we've done that. 
uh, I've done some oversized platforms. We called, actually built it for, uh, we called it the dog because I built it for dogs and flooded timber. We never sold any for that, but the guy that came to my shop from Pennsylvania to custom build him a, a running gun stand, he saw that stand and fell in love with it, ended up buying it. And then another guy saw it, so it built him one. We do a lot of custom work. We do a lot of, I use a anti-slit, anti-grip skid powder coat on my platforms. So we've had predators sent to us. We've had squirrel steps sent to us. I mean, it's, we just, well, I don't care. We do anything that people want. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good business model, man. Uh, doing things what people want, right? I mean, it, let me ask you this. What is your opinion of the tree stand and the climbing stick market right now? It's declining from, I mean, I never really kicked off on the tree stands anyway. Uh, I do know there's, there's way more tree stand hunters than there are saddle hunters by leaps and bounds, but there's way more tree stand manufacturers too. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of get lost in the shuffle on tree stands where saddle were, we're kind of in the limelight right now. Yeah. So there's not as many. So therefore you have a little bit more market share just from the pure fact that there's not as many saddle hunting focused companies. Yeah. But I think that's changing. Yeah. Seeing it this week. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of, uh, people, especially bigger companies, you know, the companies that, uh, you probably know the companies I'm talking about, the ones that there's, they're all under one umbrella. So they have the, yeah. they have the means to just go, okay, we're going to make a saddle and we're going to make a platform go. And then they come out with it. Right. Yeah. So it's already started. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What are you going to do to solidify out on a limb before the big dogs start to saturate the market? I think what our biggest advantage is one, we're American made and that's a big thing right now with all the COVID and stuff. Yep. Uh, American-made, we custom, uh, very, very good quality. I mean, that's one of the things, our, one of our biggest compliments is on our quality of work. So I think those things by themselves, we might not get the, the vast majority of the people, but we're going to get the, uh, the dedicated people. Okay. So you're kind of focusing on that hardcore um, you know, the people who want American made products and the saddle hunting crew at this kind of moment. Right. right. People who have the same passion for hunting that we have. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the type of guy, I don't care if you buy tethered lone wolf custom gear. I mean, I advertise for those people because to me, in my eyes, it's all options. I'm not in competition with anybody. I, I'm just, my desire is to make a great product that people love. Yeah, and and all of us here at my company, we live for hunting, and we love what we do. Right, right, okay. So there's a guy out there, whether he's listening to this or he's starting to do some research on climbing sticks or saddle hunting platforms or whatever other products that you know you guys are selling. Why should they take a moment and stop and really look into out on a limb? I would think we're such a personable company. We had a gentleman just leave, drove from, where do you say he lived? 
he lives he lives here in Oklahoma, but real close to the Arkansas bit border. His wife is working in Oklahoma City, so I'm just going to ride up with you. He called me yesterday and asked me if we'd be around the shop because he wanted a Ridge Runner XL. I said, sure, come on by. He spent, I don't know, 30 minutes or so with us and just basically hang out and, and talk hunting and have a good time. We're, we're very personable folks. My cell phone number is my business phone. It's my personal phone. I plaster it. It's on my website. It's on my page. People can call me anytime. I'll answer it. Uh, if, I, if I'm on the phone, I'll call them back. We, I feel like we have a very good customer service. Yeah. That's a good thing to have, man. Uh, and then as far as your products are concerned, do you have any special warranties uh, on them so, to where if they are damaged or broken, you know, a guy can come in and, and get it fixed? We honestly really don't have a timeline. I just stand behind anything we build. Knock on wood, we have very few. Can't say we've never had a problem. Uh, it's it's built by human hands, so things, things get missed. But uh, I've been very blessed that, being the personal company that we are, people try to come to us first. Now there has been there have been a few social media blow up things, but uh, for the most part, people call us and say, "Hey, I've, I have a little problem with something," and we just take care of it. Uh, like I say, it's been very few, knock on wood, but uh, we definitely stand behind anything we build. Yeah, without a doubt. Where do you see this company in the next five years and the next ten years? You know, we grew so, grew so much this last year. I honestly don't know. I mean, I'm I'm overwhelmed with the the uh, patronage that we've got this year. It's just been crazy. I do. A, I try to do a Facebook Live almost every day. Call it my daily Q and A for people that have questions on how to tie the sticks. Because like when you buy our sticks, they come just a single individual stick, no tie off method. But we have options. You can buy a buckle strap. Uh, we have a five-eighths mini strap that works like a rope mod, or they can go buy their daisy chains. I didn't see a reason in putting a buckle strap with every stick that's going to get tossed in the corner. It's a $10 strap, so we take $10 off the, off the price of it, and then they can buy one with a strap, without a strap, buy daisy chains, whatever they want to do. Okay. So you leave it up to them to make the decision on how they want to get up the tree. Exactly. All right cool man there's so many options out there nowadays yeah. it's crazy yeah that's a fact well cool man well uh i'm really looking forward to seeing where this company goes because i i i'm a big fan of underdogs and i'm also a big fan of american-made products and uh i like it when you know a, a guy like yourself who's um you know starts doing some welding you, you know building some stuff takes it to the ata and they they win a they win an award and that uh that's cool to see man so uh, kudos to you kudos kudos to out on the limb and and the last thing i just want to point people in your direction uh if people want to find out more about out on the limb where do we need to send them uh, out on limb mfg.com all right facebook page was simply out on limb mfg llc or instagram all right Basically, that's all we do and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast in the books. Huge shout out to Matt for taking time out of his day to hop on and chat about Out on a Limb. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. If you get the time, please subscribe to this podcast. Please go to iTunes or wherever you uh, download your podcast. Subscribe to the Hunting Gear Podcast. Subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation, uh, all the, all the uh, RSS feeds that are out there, all the 
podcasts that come down the channel. And also please leave a review, man. Reviews, let me know how we're performing. Let me know uh, what direction uh, you guys would like the podcast to go. And uh, I'm telling you right now, we have some big, big brands coming on in the next uh, couple months. This is in fact the buying season for the hunting industry. And uh, I'm really excited about what's coming forward. So thank you very much for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. That's Sportsman's Nation. And uh, I think we're good to go, man. Hopefully everybody has a great weekend. Stay safe out there and we'll talk to you next time.